0: The Apartment Rebellion will not be televised. Resident experience will be more than a buzzword. Staff experience will finally matter. It's happening right now. It's in the hands of the doers, the innovators, the boundary pushers, who are moving the industry forward, just like the people on this show. This is the Apartment Rebels podcast, hosted by Flamingo CEO,
1: Jude Chi. Welcome, friends of the rebellion, and may the force be with you. So, welcome to the latest episode of the Apartment Rebels podcast. Awesome. On today's live episode, I have Chris Moreno, um, director of Deck at uh, OnDeck. Yep. So, Chris, you have a really intensive experience in the industry. So you've kind of done almost everything in the industry, and now you've moved on to helping other companies really grow and scale up in the industry through like OnDeck. So we'll love to spend some time to learn more about what on deck is all about. Okay. Uh your approach to sourcing companies in the industry. Yep. Uh the investment strategy. And then one really cool thing you mentioned is how quickly you guys are able to write a check. Yeah. But before doing all of that, we'll yep. love to touch on how you got into the industry and uh, what that process was like, what brought
0: into the industry in the first place. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I can. It's kind of funny. I kind of fell in the industry yeah, by accident. Am um,
1: I like waiting to meet that one person who was like, yeah, when I, when I was like oh, a child, I, I knew I wanted to be in property management, either yeah. you know, on the supplier side or
0: on the actual property management side? In that story, I, I was in the leasing office where I was four years old. And saw them <laughs> cashing checks. <I'm laughs> yeah, like, I I, no, no, that. I, that is that is me. I yeah. want to get on the bench. Should... Uh, I so I was working at Macy's uh, corporate. Yeah, and right. I was in the buying offices in of retail. Yeah, um, I used to be in Brookfield. Yeah, Brookfield for about seven years it was a blast. But then I worked on the uh, uh, business continuity. Tip. We were sending all of our teams remote in 2009. You know, during oh, the downturn, yeah. we were scared about. The bird flu pandemic. Yeah. So I was training people to go remote, save lift for two pandemics. (laughs) We thought it was going to be a pandemic. It did not turn out to be one, but we were very well prepared. And that's when I saw that remote work technology was the future. And that's when I left. I went to the small little startup that put lockers in my apartment building. Yeah. Dry cleaner. It was called Laundry Locker. locker. Yep. And uh, now it's evolved into Tide Dry Cleaners. There's a lot of different brands. Uh, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. Got to really work in the consumer space. Uh, I got to work with teams on something that nobody believed in. Okay. Uh, we were really bootstrapped. We only had a couple of angels, uh, had to figure a lot of stuff out. I didn't have an MHC at the time, didn't know about it. We were also too small mean, we were just in San Francisco, um, screw that. Then we created a platform to distribute that worldwide. And then out of that dry cleaning locker experience, is when we thought about other things like food, yeah. packages, keys, anything that could go into a locker. So that's when we created Luxor One. Wow. So Luxor One turned into package lockers, packed uh, rooms. It was a blast. Uh, that's when we really got involved with NMHC, yeah. the NAA, uh, forming policy, understanding what the industry needed. And that's when we started just exploding. So yeah. from 2014 to 2018, ultimately we were acquired late 2018 by Asa Yep, And uh, I just love this industry. I mean, the mentors, uh, the friends, and then just the n- amount of scale that you can do in real estate. Um, I think it's just so ready and ripe for it. Yeah. I think the other key thing that stands out to me is that I love is that real estate is the largest consumer business in the world. Everyone needs a house over their head and uh, uh, it's never going to change. It is never, but it's like a B B two B industry, yep. which It is, but it's also a major consumer industry because yep. you can put services, products yep. through these buildings yep. and it helps the owners, helps the residents great flywheel. So I love flywheels, but yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting point because
1: real estate in every way is B2B to C. Yeah. And I think that's also part of what makes it a little bit more of a challenge industry because if you are, if you are an owner or operator, you are not just thinking about a new technology from how it's going to impact your teams. It's also or your business. It's also how the end users are going to yep. impact that. And that's something that everyone has to think about. Like if you think about package lockers, yep, it's for residents, but the site teams have to be bought into it because if something happens, they are the first line of contact that the residents are going to reach out to. And that's something in the back of their mind that they always think about, like, is this going to add more
0: work on my plate or less? It was it was so crazy, dude, because we would, we had to get, like you said, the residents on board, to trust to put their stuff and have the packages come through and go pick it up up to we had the management and ownership companies on board and then we had to get the carriers on board yeah. to deliver into the their, wild the like i'm not a part of
1: it too yeah
0: we, had a, we call it the three-legged stool you know one one leg falls the whole thing falls over and so the carriers were just dumping those packages but yeah it was it was an absolute blast and i learned so much working with like ups and FedEx and amazon um getting involved with logistics and it was just Wow, I mean we were literally out there installing them ourselves. Yeah. We were helping the carriers. It was a blast. But um and ultimately we went into stores like Home Depot and Reto Retailers which was oh, a lot wow. of them too. So yeah, you can you can order food you now. Nice. Food I pick pick up. On but yeah, I mean, and, and so that's what I realized, right? When I was thinking about what I wanted to do next last year, um, I really was questioning like, do I want to start another company? Do and, and you know, join or join a team. But I realized, like, I started investing, and I said, "Hey, I really love helping a lot of founders." And so I decided to try out this company called On Deck last year, and then I decided to just come on board this year. And what On Deck is is really creating—if uh, you think of it—as like the Stanford for the internet. Mm-hmm. So all these different types of like uh, Stanford University or Stanford yeah, Live. So if you think about it, in Stanford, you go to a place, right, for university, for help, et cetera. And if you think about a lot of founders who've, and, and graduates who come out of Stanford, built incredible businesses. Yeah. But do you really think that like talent is able and distributed, but opportunity isn't? Yeah. Why can't that be remote? So what on deck did is built out all these different sectors and cohorts of people from fintech companies to climate tech and just brought in the best investors, the best team members, and then the best founders and to work together to build companies. So I
1: love that because that gives you like absolute scale. Yeah. And I love that element of talent is everywhere. Like it's yeah. equally distributed yeah. across the board. So how long has On
0: been around? Great question. So I think uh, On Deck officially the idea was, I believe around like four years ago. And it started as like these small intimate dinners and get togethers in San Francisco and New York, just with founders, people who are on deck, mm-hmm. thinking about their next thing and investors, just getting together. And then, uh, essentially they start saying, Hey, we're going to start doing cohorts and learn together, share ideas together. Uh, almost like a YPO, but for all types of founders when they're still like early building their businesses. And so that evolved from these 40 groups, 40 person groups into 100 person groups wow. into 150 and 200 person groups. And people we were going up to Tahoe together doing retreats. Wow. And uh, so if you know the company Levels, uh, I do not okay. know. It's basically a, a, a four athletes and you could like measure your uh, your metabolics oh, through, wow like a little patch. Well, they all met. They did. I think we just raised. I think like fifty to sixty million dollars, and they all met through on deck. Uh, we're a lot of great that companies. Really cool. Who have met through us? I think we formed up uh, like six hundred companies. Um, and we just announced we just raised a hundred. In, in less than four years, less four years. Wow, in less than two years. So we didn't even start the real programming until about two years ago. Wow. So uh what's crazy is if you think about it, um, you know I. I, I, I I have a lot of respect for Y Combinator and Techstars, all these other, um, accelerators, but I think one of the key things that we started looking at was like, we have this massive network of now 6,000 founders, investors, angels. What if we were to start funding these ideas ourselves earlier? So that's where we just announced a hundred million dollar fund and we're cutting checks into the best operators that we think are going to be, you know, the game changing companies of the future. So, we, we got a $125,000 check for those who have committed to an idea, right. and that's for several percent to go through our community-based accelerator. So, uh, you guys are really, really yeah. early, so almost like deck, they have created a deck for it. it could be, yeah. Generally yeah. So like you, some kind of traction. Okay. So, we're looking for some kind of traction. We have some companies, I talked to a founder yesterday, they've got uh, over a million dollars in revenue, right? But it's still early, it's a space that's unknown, right? Um, So if you think of like the next Airbnb Mm -hmm. or the next Flamingo or the next funnel, right? Uh, The next landing, the next real page,
1: those are being built right
0: now and great people are sitting behind it. Well, you're right. Maybe they don't have a co-founder. Maybe they've got some traction, but they haven't figured out what they're missing some elements. We can help with those, the team members. And so with us, you know, hey, They come into our networks. We're going to help them find their co founders, their yeah. CTO, their team, hopefully. So that's really yeah. cool. So you guys are not just providing the initial
1: capital. You're helping them really go yeah. through um that, what I call like startup infrastructure right at the beginning. So find a co-founder, find additional support in every way. Can you kind of walk through what those value ads look like besides sign yeah. the check?
0: I think, to, I think to number one, you have the investor network. And so, as you said, a lot of people are raising money, money right now. So one of the things is our cohort, for instance, once they go through an application, they get, we, we're really fast. One of our key things is speed. So we're going to make a decision relatively quick after that interview. A yes or no? Uh, cause invest, you know, I think a lot of times the the investors. Been slow. Against, it takes a long time. Yeah.
1: Sometimes a little bit slower than real estate <laughs> and also <off to> technology. <laughs> yeah. So what do the turnarounds look like for you all? So, so
0: generally it, we're, we're trying to make a decision within two days. Wow. Uh, yes or no? And then. You know, that way the founder can say, this is going to work for me and then get started. Even even though a cohort may not start for a couple of months, if they're raising capital, we'll help them immediately. So we have some founders who just accepted the last week. We're already helping them make introductions, connect them with top funds. And again, we have an incredible angel network. So like in PropTech, like if you think about uh, John Hiltz, right? At RTV Ventures. Yeah. Uh, to people like Brendan Wallace and Brad over at Fifth Wall. Um, um, you know, they're generally more late stage, but mm-hmm. we're going to find angels, uh, Jonathan Wasserstrom, you know, Matt Knight, other folks who can invest really early, Karen Mayo, um, at modern ventures. So a yeah. lot of these different firms, and then what we're also going to do is set you up so that you're ready for those other firms like brick and mortar and others yeah. as you start raising and wave rounds. That's um, awesome. So really helping throughout the life cycle. of yeah. Let's try to, it's yeah. I mean, the idea is like, the, the hard part is that when you haven't done it before, even if you have done it before, a lot of folks might have built fintech, they might have built health tech, or some other ed tech. So the idea is like that we're going to have we have all these different networks for people. Uh, so we've got about eighteen different sectors uh, today. So whether it's you know prop tech is going to be a, a new one that we're launching in January, and then the idea is to have top experts in prop tech uh, founders who've done it before, like you know Karen Mayo, yeah, Funnel. Uh, we've got Chris Powers. Uh, from the Thorpe podcast. Uh, we got, you know... Uh, Which is incredible because industry,
1: if each industry is so unique. Yeah. Like if you look at PropTech, selling into the prop tech market is a very, very different game than you yeah. have for other like B2B businesses. So I feel like almost the access to that knowledge is more valuable than the <laughs> check itself because it just makes such a huge difference to be able to talk to someone like yeah. The CEO funnel who has done it like, Hey, how did you get this contract? How did you do this? How did you do this? What were some of those challenges? What conferences should I attend? Yes. Like all those different things, like it's small, but it makes such a huge impact. Like for us, it took us a while to realize, oh, yeah. we need to go to uptech. We need yeah. to go to, uh, uh,
0: appointments. Yeah. yeah. all, just all those like, small yeah. Things. I, mean, I think that's the thing, right? What you don't know, you don't know. Until you find other people, whether it's advisors and yeah. investors who are going to support theirs for you and be there with mm-hmm. you, that's what we're looking to do. So I think for me, like I have incredible mentors who I've met through an AMAID CEO, I've met through an AA and through, or through ULI, right? AIA. And so I've gotten to not only work with them in a professional capacity, but gotten to learn from them It taught me, Hey, come with a giving spirit. And so that's what we also think about it on deck is not just coming and growing a business and taking, but what are we going to bring as right. our expertise? How are we going to help others? How are we going to build a great business? How are we going to be kind? Um, and I think the key thing with this industry that I've learned from people like, you know, uh, if you, you know, if you think about like Rick, Rick Rapp, right? If you think about, uh, yeah. Pinot, uh, the- people, they- you know, right? And some of these great people, Sue Ansel, um, they Julie Smith, they're always coming to give. They're always giving to help the industry be better. Um, I think of Toby Bizzuto, right? Uh, this idea of building sanctuary. Like right. we're in a privileged position to help people with their housing. So I think about that, even though I'm not building the homes myself or the housing myself, I'm helping to make those houses successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. Those managers, those are successful and those residents have ultimately a great experience. Yeah. So that's what I, how I think about it. And that's like such a yeah. cool way to think about
1: it because ultimately that is what you do. And I'm not like with any startup journey, it's hard. There are just a lot of challenges. Yeah. So if you are able to really understand like that long term end goal and the impact that you are going to make, kind of gets you across those uh,
0: mountains of challenge. I think I think the other big thing to your point is like those challenges can be talent, finding the right people right who can sell in this industry. From and is not so much sell, it's partner and listen. I think a big thing for me was listening to what the customers needed. That's how we pivoted our businesses. And then ultimately we were not to go raise capital. We ended up selling our business, right? Wow. Because we found there was a great alliance with another company, multiple companies, but and it was funny because actually our competitors who we got to know here very well. And I'm actually yeah. friends with, um, yeah. they also sold their businesses. Yeah. So it was amazing for all of us. Right? I it's like, that's like that's a really small
1: industry in a lot of ways.
0: Right. And, and there's such a pay it forward mentality. Number one, number two, um, I think one of the challenges can be because prop tech is so mysterious, oftentimes there's a lack of capital from the general field. So you oftentimes see a lot of the people in this room funding each other, right? It's just suppliers funding other suppliers. But now I think what's really exciting is you're seeing a lot of the firms come in and start investing, whether it's JLL, yeah. having a fund, You've got Tishman Spire. Uh-uh. You've got uh, Gray Star Cutting Checks. You know, kind of really
1: realize, like, if they do that, they get access to something really cool that can make a, an immediate impact in yeah. their operations, so, like right away, before anyone else. I mean, kind of selfishly, before anyone else has access to it.
0: Yeah, and I got the. I got to call uh, Stephanie. Who I think was on here as well with you, Stephanie Anderson. Oh, okay. She's yeah. great on LinkedIn. I am not shot it with her Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then also, uh, uh Eric Roseman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's an LPC venture. Yeah. Just fantastic. The amount of support he's giving to these founders at yeah. right, an early stage. I think that's the key figure. Like you were talking about, like when you don't know the expectations, it could take seven to 12 years yeah. to scale a business to maturity. Yeah. Whereas if you can now, hopefully look, we're going to take a company and do it in like three to five years. So we can accelerate that timeline, get people in front of people sooner, make those relationships earlier before they need them. That was the thing I always made a mistake. I was going and knocking on a door right when I needed to work with them yeah, as opposed to to forming that relationship two years ahead, you know, going with them to Washington, D.C. to start forming policy, right? Where do we need to change laws or help the industry, so... I mean, I'm excited. There's so many, like, you know, you think about Prague at like Rhino with their recent fundraise. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting. I think I think there's so many infinite niches of how we can help this industry and problems that are needed to solve. So,
1: yeah. So when you think about the prop tech companies that you yeah. guys look at, what is the evaluation criteria? So say I am an early stage founder. Yeah. I have a small amount of traction and, and I'm thinking about my next stage or my next step. Like, how do you evaluate those companies? Yeah. What are some of those key indicators
0: to say, hey, these uh, guys are going to be huge? Yeah. I think there's there's three things I'm thinking about right now. And so if I step back and say, does this person have some kind of domain expertise that that makes them qualif- uniquely qualified to be able to work on this problem? How simple work? Number two, I think about, if you can be, I, I try to be really contrarian. When everyone's saying that won't work, I dig in deeper and then I say, okay, but if this could work, how big could it be? So I think it needs to be a big enough idea to really solve an industry problem or a consumer problem. Um, The other key thing I want to make sure, we are totally agnostic. So as long as it's tech, it could be hardware, it could be consumer, it could be crypto. We're fully agnostic, but I really focus my my expertise, which was the real estate, prop tech, and logistics. So if it kind of fulfills those worlds and, and can be uh, distributed or scaled using real estate, mm-hmm. I love it. That's what I really love. Yeah, Cause I, I understand that. Yeah. We have other people on our team. We have about 260 people now on our team. So we have experts like Eric Tornberg, David mm-hmm. Booth, um, Andreas Clear, who are just a phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They from Angel List to Product Hunt and they know all these other areas and we can bring in experts on spaces. I, I don't know. Yeah. Right. So, and that's what I really focus on too is. So for founders, when they're thinking about, I'm committed to this idea. I'm committed to, you know, like you said, I've got a debt. I've maybe even have a prototype. I found five paying customers and I'm going to do X. That's what we call ODX. And I that's ODX. People. ODX is basically a program where they get full access to all of our investors, um, our advisors, our team, talent, you name it. And then we're going to help them build. And it's, even though it's cohort based, cohorts are about three months. We help them through the life of their program. Wow. And so that, that ODX investment will cut a check for 125,000 for 7%. And what we're going to do, the people in that fund, that community fund aren't just, you know, our team. It's all of our team, all the people in the OnDeck network and then Andreessen Worowitz. Oh, wow. Uh, we've got NFX. We've got, so you can go to our, go to our website, check it out at com, and you'll see. All the, fun, all the larger funds that invest it, seed A, B, C, and D, but they're also in our fund to invest really early. So that's kind of, that ODX is number one. ODF is for founders who are earlier, like you said. So if you're thinking through two ideas, three ideas, and you want to like, oh, I want to solve payments, but I also want to solve services and I want to serve this, but I'm not sure which one. We'll cut $25,000 for you to try them out. Oh, wow. Just at the idea stage. And you can leave your... The idea is a lot of people are on the fence of leaving their job. They're on deck, not not able to you know pay her health insurance or take care of their family or whatever. So we'll give them 25 grand to leave their, their work, come into our program, and oh, test wow. out that idea. And then the idea is, hopefully, then they'll, they'll pick one, suss it out, and then they can join ODFs. So ODF is really for founders on the fence of an idea. Early stage. And then when they make that decision, then they go into ODS. Yeah. So wow. hopefully that's helpful. Yeah.
1: No, that's super helpful. That's, re- that's a really fascinating model. So what are some of the standout companies that have gone through the program, whether they are still going through it right now, but what would be some names?
0: Yeah. I'd say so. Some of the, the big names that uh, we've had uh, is PAVE. and some of these companies were created in on deck, uh, which is pretty incredible. So number one would be, uh, I'd say pay, uh, which is doing, a uh, Oh, basically offers and tracking like your compensation. It's pretty cool. Um, second company would be, uh, Boyle. So Celine, she's gone through our programming. She's phenomenal. She's really looking at, uh, longevity started with dogs. The idea is to evolve into longevity for humans. Oh, wow. Um, so, so yeah, one like biotech. Yeah, longevity, biotech. Wow. Exactly. So we've got some really unique oh, sectors cool. and we bring in like, we have a deep tech sep- sector. We've got uh, teams working on on health, so we have a separate health sector with people from universities and uh, hospitals and uh, you know facilities. Again, a world I don't know a ton about. What I'm really excited about, uh, I think, it would be pretty cool to be able to live to 100 and, you know yeah. years old, 150 <laughs> in good health. Right. Right? everyone would want. <laughs> um, I mean, that would create a lot of demand on the apartment <laughs> industry, <laughs> yeah, right? right? I <laughs> so, a lot of the senior housing. Uh, I think. I think that. Yeah, you know, Levels is another big one that a lot of people know in the main street. Yep. So people were, were workout or fitness, you know, aficionados. Um, but yeah, so these companies were formed, founder, co-founders or found teammates through On deck. They've gotten relationships. They've gotten introductions to companies and partnerships um, and then even investors. So we helped them raise, you know, some of these rounds. We helped raise $30 million, $50 million, you know, Series A, et cetera. I think the other big uh, like exciting thing is just the sheer volume. Mm-hmm. So we're up to, I think, around 650. There he is. <laughs> 600. You know, Hyman's a great, great team over there. Yeah, yeah, she asked your candy. Up yourself, buddy. <laughs> Got to have fun, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I, I think at the end of the day, like, there's no greater thing. Money is nice, but money is nothing without the support yeah. and the help. And getting the hell out of the way of the founder. Yeah. You have to trust your founder first and foremost. You have to trust their expertise. But I also look for people who are coachable, who are going to listen and be open to new ideas because of the challenges, right? Of crossing that chasm. Yeah. As you scale up, you have to make adjustments on a consistent basis. (laughs)
1: So how do you all source? Like, um, So you primarily build immense ideas. Do you search on LinkedIn, like what is, how do you all source for those yeah, really early founders or early companies?
0: I, I think, so the number one thing we do is it's a lot of times through social media, or through Vrails. So our network now has grown from 100 people to 6,000 plus people. Wow. So it's incredible. Um, now we have a who's who of great people. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll share, some of my great mentors like Tommy Lee, uh, who's in Climate Tech, uh, Elizabeth Yen at Hustlefly. Wow. Phenomenal. Actually, Elizabeth. You know yeah. Elizabeth, so she was one of the first people I spoke to when I started Angel Investing. And she is just such a kind soul. and do honor partner. I've gotten to co invest personally with them, but they're also in our programs. They're a part of it. Um, you know, and so the list goes on and on. Just fantastic. Erica Batista, um, who is in Europe and very well connected in the startup scene, uh, social media scene. Um, Mark Andreessen, right? Who's very, you know, a lot of these folks uh to, uh, the folks in Miami, right? So the folks at Founders Fund are, are very involved and, um, we have a whole catalyst program for early founders as well as people who've done it before. So again, the list goes on and on and you, know, you can check it out at beyonddeck.com. Yeah. But I think that's the most exciting thing for me is like, you have other peers who are going through the same challenges of you. Yeah. And that's what I happens is those peers go, Hey, you're not, not that this. now, And so that's, that's what's so funny is, I think more people are being surprised that when they meet a founder who isn't in on deck, yeah. right? That's when you know that you have scale. Yeah. scale. Yeah. So that's what's most exciting. Yeah. It's like to help each other and then to realize that you can help and be a resource and that your expertise might be able to help someone who is in fintech but has never been in prop tech before. And now they're building a prop tech company yeah. or venturing and pivoting into prop tech.
1: So oh, I love that because it's like a network that's always going to be valuable whether you are actively building or when you go on to your next venture somewhere else. Yeah. So
0: why alumni networks are so, Yeah, and Again, I, I've been thinking of it somewhere like a YPO mm-hmm. uh, for real estate and prop tech. Uh, you know, YPO is a phenomenal organization. Uh, I think what I'm trying to do is bring together awesome uh, founders were yeah. earlier, but even people who've built. I'm trying to bring together, I think for so long we've had prop tech mm-hmm. and we've had the real estate industry. And bringing them together. So, how do you marry those investors, those founders, in prop tech with the investors and the management companies? Yeah, of real estate at an earlier stage, so they're all working together. Yeah, so that's so what I'm actually really like trying more to guide focus each other. Yeah, so yeah. No, Chris,
1: love that. So, yeah. thank you so much for being on our podcast. What do you yeah. want to see built in the world? What do you need? What, uh, what I'm really excited for is things that really simplify the resident journey. So, if you look at prop one of the challenges in prop is that there are just a lot of great companies that are offering a lot of things for the property managers and then for the end users. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge then becomes how as a resident do you get access to all those things in a way that is not complicated? Okay. So I think really simplifying life for the residents is one of the things that I'm like most passionate about. Cool. Yeah. Then I think obviously everything else that goes along with real estate, like automation, yeah. want to really see all of that. So one of the big challenges we see when you talk with property managers is that the, oh, the on-site teams is that their lives have come. Like I would, yeah. I mean, no offense to the on-site teams, I would never want to work on-site. And yeah, it very just seems, difficult job. Yeah, it's a nice. difficult job. So I think more... Um, Products or services that automate things for them, Yeah. take away all those um, repetitive tasks it would be really what I want to see. Bill,
0: I love that. I have a buddy right now who's acquiring some properties in Texas, and I'm really trying to help him yeah find the right technologies for his properties. Because yeah. you're right, like especially with shortage of labor, the more things that you can automate and the help you the yeah, to focus on what's more important. Right? Exactly. So yeah, so that technologies so technologies really uh. An opportunity, but yeah, that's great to hear it. I, and again, I challenge any investor, or, oh. sorry, any founder, yeah, or investor who's interested, so, you know, so feel free to hit me up. Yeah. I'm happy to be a resource. So how can they reach out to you? Uh, best thing is I, I'm very accessible on LinkedIn. Yeah. you can message me on LinkedIn, I'm accessible on Twitter. I host oh. a whole, we have a 70,000 person community. Oh, wow. On clubhouse oh. of discussions, oh. uh, real estate and startup community. Uh, but yeah, I, I put myself out there. So H- happy to be you know, I live in Atlanta as so I'm an active part of the Atlanta tap scene as well. But again, I'm fully remote. So if someone's in Europe, someone's in LATAM, someone's uh, you in can Canada, a but... we're completely agnostic on where their location is. They don't have to fly to the oh, other yeah, location as well, too. All remote, 100% remote, which is oh, fantastic. Wow.
1: No, this is really cool. And I appreciate it being on. Yeah, thanks, man.
0: This yeah. is so cool. I, 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 I've listened to a couple. Yeah Really excited about the people you have on here. And uh, like I said, uh, excited for what you're building and, and to be a resource. Thanks. for thank you, Fres. Yeah, no, thank yeah. you. This was, this was awesome. I think
1: that concept is really cool.